section sixteen of the national geographic magazine volume nine april eighteen ninety eight this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by larry wilson the metlachlatlad mission in danger by william h dahl the history of missions from the earliest epoch has been a struggle not only against the natural obstacles of the situation but against the indifference or criticism of opponents in the rear it is not difficult to criticize for john came neither eating nor drinking and they say he hath a devil the son of man came eating and drinking and they say behold a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber a friend of publicans and sinners there are two modes of mission work among the indians one which draws its sinews of war from friends in the churches and sends out salaried missionaries who devote themselves to teaching and the work of conversion the teachers often lack in practicality what they make up in devotion to the ideal nevertheless it would be folly to deny that these missions have done much good in their way and will continue to do so of them the scoffer says the missionaries live at their ease and do nothing for it but teach dogmas which the indian cannot understand and train girls to be good housewives who when their education is completed will be sold by their heathen relatives to some miner or trader when the mission is closed for want of funds or otherwise the converts relapse into evil ways and in a little while their last state is worse than their first that there have been instances justifying to some degree this harsh view every one familiar with indian missions will admit the other method is to fit the indians to provide for themselves and for the mission by industrial training self-denial and hard work shielding them in the early stages as we shield our own children from contact with evil men and things until stimulated both by their own material interests and by the truths of the gospel in the course of time and growth they shall be able to stand alone men among men to fight the battles of life this is the method of hampton and carlyle whose most conspicuous exponent of the uncivilized frontier is the rev william duncan of metalaklatla annette island alaska this gentleman has given forty years of his life to the work among the shimshanian indians first at metlaklatla on the british columbia side of the line through the most injudicious exercise of religious narrow-mindedness well known but of which there is insufficient space to speak here the indians were obliged to abandon their homes church and school and much other property and move over into american territory at annette island to obtain freedom of religious worship here several years later congress granted them the use of the island in confidence that they were at last safe from interference under duncan's direction they went heartily to work his plan was in brief to keep the colony together and free from undesirable elements liquor and vice to teach them to utilize the resources of the region to support themselves and their families by work to build good houses and maintain family life as known to civilization and to teach the english branches and manual training to the young people in pursuance of this ideal mr duncan put his own means and contributions of friends into the outfit of a salmon cannery which has been worked by the indians 
as well as a sawmill and other correlated facilities the success has been complete the colony has maintained itself some of the indians have become shareholders and the canning business has yielded a good profit the evidence of this is overwhelming and includes the testimony of almost every disinterested person who has visited the colony even the scoffers admit that as a business enterprise the mission is a greatest success its very success has become a source of danger business competition is nowhere sharper than in alaska because the ordinary safeguards of public opinion and well-enforced law are not available in restraint of greed and sharp practice most of the canneries are included in a trust and outsiders have scant consideration and must fight for their interests unceasingly and at great disadvantage nothing which might hurt the sensitive feelings of the trust can be found in the published reports of the official salmon inspectors yet it is the common opinion that the law is violated systematically except during the visits of the inspectors for a few hours during the whole season like all the alaska islands annette island contains a few quartz veins there is good reason to think that none of them is of any great value and no development work such as is required by law has been done on any of them under the reservation of congress the prospectors could not acquire any rights at any rate but an attempt is now being made to induce congress to bolster up a speculation in these undeveloped leads by rescinding the reservation act so as to cut off from the colony its waterworks its mill and cannery and to a large extent its fishery rights and thus leave the people without resources and open to the vices of the mining camp and rum cellar to the inevitable destruction of all that has been hitherto accomplished the bare statement of the facts carries its own commentary the friends of justice and of the indian's right to work out his salvation and eventually to take his place among the citizens of our common country should make themselves heard before it is too late End of section sixteen